Hello there, new friend. Welcome to the very first episode of the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Brown, and I am so totally thrilled and honored to be here with you today. I was in church and the thought hit me. Our pastor uses humor in his sermons to gain and keep our attention so that we're ready to listen when he drives home the main point of his sermon. Not all pastors preach the same. They all have their unique personalities, teaching styles, mannerisms, etc. But the goal is the same, to share a message they believe in, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to as many people as possible and as simply as possible. And I believe that podcasters are really no different. We all have a message that we believe in and want to share, and yet we all do it in our own unique way. So here I am. In this very first episode, I'm going to share a bit of how this podcast came to be. Bookkeeping and the business of bookkeeping is not a boring subject, and I promise to make it as fun and as interesting as possible. Thanks for coming along on this journey. Let's do this. Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Brown, and I love all things Jesus, business, and church finances. If you're like me, you're probably tired of searching the endless pages of Google for answers to your questions about church finances and payroll clergy taxes, and housing allowances. You'd like help with getting the right processes and procedures in place for your church office or business to help it run more efficiently, because let's be honest, there's so many choices out there. And wouldn't it just be awesome to find a group of like-minded believers who understand your desire to do business and serve the local church God's way? In this podcast, you will learn all about the unique and awesome world of church finances. We will cover everything you need to know to make sure the church or churches you serve are in compliance with IRS tax code, whether you are a staff member or an outsourced bookkeeping professional. If you are ready to walk out the calling the Lord has on your life and serving His church with excellence, then you are definitely in the right place. So grab your Bible, a notebook or laptop, and the dream God gave you because we're doing this. It's time to serve Him with excellence. Hello there, new friend. If I want to give an accurate start to my story and how God led me to this podcast, then I have to tell you where my love for books and reading began. This is the part that we're just going to get the vulnerability and the transparency out of the way right from the get-go so you kind of know where I'm coming from and why I find this stuff so interesting and so much fun. Truth be told, um, about 30 years ago, I started struggling with anxiety, just totally up out of the blue. And it got pretty bad, and it got to the point where it became almost debilitating to me. And the way that I was able to overcome that is God led me to find Dr. Charles Stanley on TV, and I started watching his sermons. And he kept telling me over and over and over that I needed to become involved in a local church. And I was still too scared to get in my car and drive to find a church and be around people. So instead, I went a mile and a half down the road to the local Christian bookstore. And I remember I would pray all the way there. Just a mile and a half is all I had to go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm like, Lord, we only got a, a mile and a half to go. So then I would get there and I would find all of these books that were amazing. I found, of course, I own, I think, every Charles Stanley book. Um, I also discovered at that time Joyce Myers, who was very helpful in brain um, mindset training and brain renewal that I needed. But it was through that time that I found that reading a book and refocusing my attention 
helped get me on the road to recovery. Because at that point, I was even too scared to take medication. I had went and talked to a doctor at one point, and this doctor literally sat across the desk and told me, well, if you even eat a chocolate candy bar that has caffeine in it, you're going to have a panic attack. That was not helpful to someone who was dealing with anxiety, who could not figure out what on earth had happened to her brain and thought she was literally going crazy. I started reading and reading and reading and reading. I bought my first study Bible, which was the New King James um, Nelson study Bible and kept listening to Charles Stanley and just kept, just had this insatiable desire to read. I read books, I read the Bible, I read this, I read that. I just, I read all the time and it literally changed my life. That happened and then I got a job as a waitress. Who hasn't had a job as a waitress? If you're a, if you're a lady, probably at some point you've either had a job as a waitress or you come real close to taking a job. Well, I took a job as a waitress, but God knew what he was doing because one night I always had this corner table and state uh, troopers would come in and they would get their coffee and their evening meal after their shift and one night they came in and this one particular state trooper who was a regular we got to talking and he got to talking about he had just arrested a local bookkeeper for embezzlement <laughs> and that if I was interested in a bookkeeping job he could give me the name of the business owner <laughs> so <laughs> I kid you not that's how I got my very first bookkeeping job I had no experience whatsoever. At this point, it was, you remember the old dot matrix printers, depending on how old you are. This was a thing where it held paper that had a bunch of holes in it, okay? And computers were just coming out. There definitely was no QuickBooks or anything like that. Had the big, long ledger books where you hand wrote the debits and the credits and the expenses and the income and this and that and this and that. So that's how I learned to do bookkeeping, um, which actually is a good thing because if the internet ever goes down or computers go down or we go back to um, no electricity, I could, if it was possible, do bookkeeping um, the old-fashioned way. And I actually still have some the smaller ledger books in my house that are still uh, shrink-wrapped that I never even opened. <laughs> but anyways, so... That's how I started falling in love with books. That's how I got my first bookkeeping job. Now, you say, how does that get you to be in where you are today and to this podcast? Well, that's the interesting story is I did bookkeeping for secular companies for my first job was in, well, we'll just say it was a long time. <laughs> okay. I just, I wasn't happy. I had taken a job making the most money I had ever made in my life. I was making more than my husband made. I was making more than I ever thought I was made. I had supervisory, you know, authority. I made my own schedule. I did this and did that, but I was absolutely miserable and it made no logical sense whatsoever why I was so unhappy. So I'm still going to the bookstore as much as I can. And I'm always saying, do you need anybody? Can you hire me? I'd love to work with you. And it was, it's a small mom and pop. Okay. There wasn't an opportunity. Well, one day I went in and the owner talked with me and she says, what's the bare minimum that you can take to come to work for me? So I thought about it, ran the numbers, came home and talked with my husband. And I said, X amount of dollars is the minimum that I can take and still pay my bills. She prayed about it and I prayed about it. And I took a 25% pay cut to leave my job that I had worked so hard to get 
and to go to work for this Christian bookstore because I loved, loved, loved books. And I know that the miraculous work that God did in my life through reading the books. Okay. So I go to work for them and unfortunately, national chains, you know, they are what they are. I think every business starts somewhere, but at some point, businesses can outgrow themselves, for lack of better words, they get too good, too big for their own britches. And their goal is basically to run the little guys out of business. And that's what this particular one did. I had worked at this bookstore for three years. And after three years, the owner was just so discouraged because of the decrease in sales, because this chain had moved in, had taken over 50% of her business. And it, it was just disheartening because she had great success before the chain moved in. And now to know what it was like before and what it was like now, I could understand. And it was just a toll on her heart and on her mind and on her finances. So she decided to close the store. Well, I'm just like boohooing because I've been, as my husband says, you live in your own little bubble, Michelle. <laughs> I was just like freaking out when she's announcing that she's going to close the store. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, literally six weeks before the store is scheduled to close, she comes into work and says, I have the most fabulous idea. I know how we can still serve the churches in the community. And I'm like, how? She's like, you open a store. <laughs> and I just said, seriously? <laughs> um, how is that going to happen? She's like, you know, you can just find you a small office. You can do church supplies and vacation Bible school and Sunday school materials and Bible studies and Bibles, and you can still work with the churches. So I thought, well, okay, it was enough of an intrigue because I did not want to have to try to find a secular job again. Um, and I definitely did not want to have to do an interview. I don't know about you, but I do not like interviews. They literally make me sick to my stomach. So I came home and I talked to my husband and I said, okay, here's the deal. Such and such came up with this idea. What do you think? So I remember we sat on the front porch swing and this is my thought. Well, worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, I can always draw unemployment not having any idea whatsoever that if your business does not work out, you don't get to draw unemployment. <laughs> That's for employees, not business owners. <laughs> but anyways, I figured this out after the fact. We started looking and I found a location. It was just kind of like one thing after the other. God laid these things in order that literally six weeks later, I opened my very first Christian bookstore. <laughs> It was an adventure, to say the least. The national chain is still in town. They hadn't gone anywhere. That was in 2007 when I opened that store. We lasted until 2012, and we just, I could not do it anymore. Um, I was exhausted mentally, emotionally, and physically, working six days a week, trying to figure out ways how to get customers in the door, how to compete, how do I match the prices, how do I this, and again, with no, none, not a zero zilch official training on how to open a business, how to run a business, how to, you know, how to do your taxes, how to do planning, how to do KPIs, how to, what margins do you need to look for on inventory? I mean, nothing. You talk about, you've heard the term, you know, he's green around the gills. This girl was green from head to toe, had no clue what she was doing. All I knew is I did not want to go back to work in the secular industry. So anyways, 
2012, we just couldn't do it anymore. So we made the heartbreaking decision to close the store. And yes, I bawled like a big bad baby. But at the same time, we closed it. And then I went to a, because we, we had turned it into a full-blown store again. It wasn't just serving the churches. I'm like, I can't just serve the churches. I want to serve whoever wants to come with me because there were people who don't like the national change. They want to support the mom and pops, but it just wasn't enough. So in 2012, we closed the store and then I went down to an office. I literally rented a 200 square foot um, room in an office building. And then I did just service the churches only. Well, obviously the income from that was very minimal. But again, I didn't want to give up serving the churches. So I began praying, God, you got to help me. What, what am I going to do? How are we going to fix this? And I felt very clearly, he said, go back to school, get your accounting degree and serve my church. Continue to serve the church through bookkeeping and payroll. Well, by this time, I am in my 40s. And just let me tell you, it had been just a wee bit of time since I had been to school. And it had changed tremendously. But I did it. I was excited. So I signed up at the local community college for my first three classes. We paid for those. And then from then on out, God provided grants and scholarships and paid for the entire rest of my schooling. Seriously. I would only have to pay maybe for a portion of a book here or there, but everything else he paid for 100%. I made the dean's list. Talk about, seriously, the kids come home and they get a good score on their test paper. You put it on the kitchen paper. Well, this mama was coming home with good test scores and her papers were going on the refrigerator, okay? <laughs> I was celebrating. So I went to school and I graduated in May of 2015. And by this time, I was just tired. My brain was tired. I'm like, I am too old for this. And then I remember thinking, I actually went and signed up to get my bachelor's degree. And then I realized there's a whole whopping one nonprofit bookkeeping course, one nonprofit course offered in the accounting program for the bachelor's degree in accounting. I said, I didn't want or need managerial accounting. I didn't need governmental accounting. I didn't need this class. I didn't need that class because I knew already that my goal was solely to serve the local church. And they don't teach church finances at the local community college. They don't teach church finances that I could find anywhere. I could not find any courses whatsoever on church finances. I went and instead of going for my bachelor's degree in accounting, instead I got my enrolled agent license, which allows me to represent taxpayers before the IRS who have tax problems. And the reason that that decision came to be is because I'm in my office working. I'm, I'm in the office part-time. I'm going to school part-time. And upstairs in the office building I am, a local church had rented an office, a church office. And the pastor came down and showed me a letter he had received from the IRS where he had been audited and had been assessed penalties and interest in excess of $10,000 because his tax return was prepared incorrectly. And he's like, how can it be prepared incorrectly when I paid a CPA to do this? Aren't CPAs supposed to know how to do this? 
And that's when I said, okay, we're going to take the knowledge that I have in bookkeeping and payroll. We're going to apply it to outsource bookkeeping and payroll. And then we're going to use our EA license and we're going to learn to prepare clergy tax returns. And that's all that I have done since 2015, which is amazing. Um, the My EA license, I had to take a year off after school because I'm just telling you, my brain was tired. I was so sick of studying stuff that I didn't want to have to study and just the pure fact of studying, period. So I took a year off and then I started studying for my EA exams. If you don't, if you're not familiar with an enrolled agent, a CPA has four exams that they have to take. One of the four exams is on taxation to get their CPA license and then they're licensed in the state that they pass the exam in. An enrolled agent license is we had to take three exams. One exam was on individual taxes. Second exam was on business taxation. The third exam was solely on representing the taxpayer before the IRS, okay? And then when you pass the license, you're I'm federally licensed by the U.S. Department of Treasury. So that means that I can represent taxpayers across the United States. So yes, you will get some tax law in these um, episodes because it's going to help you and to protect you. So I did that. I passed my final exam in February 2017 and I opened my bookkeeping and tax firm Hallmark Tax Solutions in March of 2017. So it is amazing and ironic that that is now six years ago that I have been doing this and here I am starting a podcast. So why the podcast? Why not? You know, one of my favorite sayings that I read because I was struggling in between going for the bachelor's degree or going through the to the enrolled agent license and I'm thinking am I too old for this I'm already at that point I'm in my upper 40s and I'm like I saw a post that said the time is going to pass anyway and why not now and I thought daggone it you know what it's true if I think about all the things that have happened in the previous 20 years at this time, I'm only in my 40s. I'm due for another good 50 years. Imagine what I can do with that time if I am intentional with that time. And that made my decision. So I opened my firm. found while I was in school and running the office part-time, I also needed more income. So I got a job at a local church and became their um, Director of Education and Finance, which is where I got my hands-on training for church finances. And I found out real fast, it doesn't matter how many years you have been a bookkeeper in the secular world, church finances are totally different, okay? Even within the nonprofit sector, churches are even more unique inside of that. When I will be sharing stories of, I've had those conversations with people that say, well, we've always done it like this. Well, the last bookkeeper never had a problem with it being done this way. Or we, our church has been doing this for 50 years and we've never had any problem. I've been there, I've done that, I've had to have those conversations. I've made people not like me before and I'm like, I'm sorry. 
this is what the tax code says. These are the rules and regulations. I don't make them, but as long as I'm in the position, this position, I am going to try and force them. Because one thing that you will learn, whether you are the church bookkeeper, the church treasurer, or someone who advises churches on policies and procedures that they need to take, you can, you can, listen, you can be held responsible for what you do or do not do in relation to those finances, how they are handled, and what the IRS tax code says. Okay. And again, that will be a, probably a whole nother episode in itself. I love church finances. I love Jesus. I love business. I love books. And I love church finances. And the irony is, is we opened the bookkeeping business in 2017. In 2019, the national chain closed nationwide and God had me reopen the bookstore. <laughs> so now I have the bookstore back and I still have my uh, bookkeeping and tax business. So to say I'm um, very seldom do I ever have a moment to get bored, <laughs> but that's okay. So why not throw a podcast in there? And the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I do have a Facebook group online and so many people, they just, you don't know what you don't know, folks. And there's still things that I don't know. I promise you, I do not tell you that I know it all because there is still so much to learn. Tax code is changing constantly, okay? Um, there are basic bookkeeping principles that stay the same, but tax code does not. It just, it doesn't. And there are always nuances. One of the biggest things with the IRS is there's no black and white in the tax code. There are lots and lots of, unfortunately, of gray areas. And every unique decision is based upon the facts and the circumstances of that particular situation. So what may work for one pastor may not work for another pastor, okay? And again, these are things that we'll cover in this podcast. So anyways, I'm going to get off here and let you all get back to whatever you are doing. But this will complete my very first episode, podcast episode of Bookkeeping with a Purpose. And we are bookkeeping with a purpose because our purpose is to glorify and represent God with excellence, to serve his church with excellence, and to represent him well in all that we do because we are called to a higher calling and I want to help you to do that. So thank you so much for, um, for listening in today. I hope that I didn't bore you too much or take up too much more of your time. And I will talk with you, see, there's them flubs up, talk with you on the next episode. So until then, serve the church with excellence and represent him well. Bye-bye. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If this podcast inspired you or helped you in any way, please do me a couple of favors. Number one, leave me an awesome review on Apple Podcasts as that helps me more than you know. And number two, share this with a friend so they can be encouraged as well. And until next week, remember to serve him with excellence and represent him in all you do. Bye-bye.